episode 44 of the Brosane Detroit Pistons podcast. I'm Carl Rosane. And I'm Alex Rosane. And here we are in early August after Summer League, uh, after a really eventful offseason. And it's uh, high time we check in on the overarching question are we really going to get excited about the Pistons again this year? Yeah, Alex and I, uh, by the way, we're on the sandy shores of Lake Huron and the Thumb this week on a family vacation. So if, if we can't get excited enough to do a podcast while we're here together for a week, it's, it's looking grim. So on the last day of vacation, we uh, summoned the, the uh, I guess, the chutzpah to do it. Uh, and, you know, we've been pretty diehard Pistons fans. Uh, it's gotten a little bit harder as we've continued to kind of tread the middle to lower middle of the Eastern Conference. Um, and But, you know, we made some competent moves in the offseason. Uh, the rest of the East has gotten really strong. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see whether we can even make a dent and even stay afloat in the top half of the East. And if not, what, what kind of moves should we make? Um, I don't know. Like, what, what do you think? I, I guess the thing that strikes me the most in the offseason is um, that we we haven't we're, we're, we're committed to Blake. We didn't really fish around to try to sell high on him. And yet we also didn't, didn't make a, a serious move to get someone like Westbrook or Conley that might, you know, really, really sort of sacrifice the future to go all in on Blake's timeline and maybe bring us up into the top four of the East this year. So we're kind of right where we were last season with a, dec- with maybe a declining performance from Blake. Uh, that's one way of looking at it. Maybe the glass half empty way of looking at it. Yep. Um, what, what's the glass half full? Come on, Alex, what do you got for me? Yeah, you, I can usually summon a lot of optimism at this time of year. <laughs> um, I, I was had a little false cynicism there. I am going to get excited about this year because the, you know, uh, cue the, so you're saying there's a chance uh, seeing in Dumb and Dumber with Jim Carrey. Uh, so the glass half full is we're bringing back uh, a, a coach for who thrives on continuity, uh, Dwayne Casey. He improved the Raptors every season he was there. We've got the same core of players with some notable changes in the sort of middle of the rotation, but we got similar starters, including some young guys who presumably will get better. And, uh, you know, if we have good health, uh, we're in that mediocrity trap where if things go badly, you can be in the mid-30s win, win total area. And if things go well, you can be in the mid-40s. And if, thing, if, if you get some lucky breaks, like a draft pick who works out or a, you know, a speculative second-round pick or ad that suddenly is much better than everyone thought, you, know, you, can, you can make some noise. Yeah, here's, I mean, I would look at us last year. We finished 500 um, with like a top 12 defense and a kind of average offense, and that kind of made us a 500 team. Uh, and Dr- Griffin coming off of his, an all-NBA season, his best season in a long time, Jackson actually kind of quietly had a, a pretty good season last year um, with good offensive efficiency um, and reasonable usage. Like he, he, sh- he shot enough shots to be a good part of our offense, but he wasn't trying to – we're no longer claiming he's part of our big two or big three on our, on our sort of Drummond-Jackson days when those were our two best players. Uh, and then we, we improved our bench. I mean, before Ish Smith – we love him, but uh, and he had some really great moments. But he, really, he's just not a very good player. I mean, he, he has like a 105 offensive rating. So just for a, a side here, we like offensive rating in terms of a, a, a quick way of summarizing. To me, the, 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 my favorite way, and you got me onto this, of summarizing a player's offensive ability is to look at the offensive rating, which is uh, 
some some box score based way to estimate their individual contributions to points per game of the team. Uh, and usage is what percentage of the plays uh, of the plays on the floor do they use? And for a for a frame of reference, if a team has a 110 offensive rating, you're an average team. So if if a player has a 110 individual offensive rating, they're they're worth throwing the ball to. And if they can use more than 20% of the of the possessions, they are helping you. So Blake Griffin had a 113 offensive rating and a 30% usage rating. So that's uh, you know, kind of your go-to guy on offense, which he was. Uh, so just with that in mind, Jackson also had a, over 110 offensive rating and a 20, almost a 25% usage rating, which is his best in a while. Yeah, he's he's a guy who can make things happen on offense to some extent. He, you don't you don't base your whole team around him, but you need multiple guys who can make something happen. Um, he's he's evolved in more into more of a complementary player, uh, which is probably the right role for him long term where he, he was doing a ton more catch-and-shoot and a lot less pick-and-roll um, this year. But, it was a marked change. But, yeah, but going back to what I was t- talking about with Ish Smith is that he really had, was, was, uh, seemed like the, part of the core of our, of our bench unit, but he had 105 offensive rating. So this year we got Derrick Rose. One of our moves in the offseason was getting Derrick Rose, the former MVP, former number one overall pick, had, a, had a, his best season in a while after almost washing out of the league. And he had... A 27% usage rating and 114 offensive rating, which would make him better than Reggie Jackson was last year. Yeah. Uh, he actually shot uh, 30, like 36% from three last year, uh, which was his best by far in a long time. Yep. Uh, he he had shot the, the 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 past several years like like between 17% and 28%. So he was he was just really bad for a long time, and and then he had a good season. So. You know, you can hope that he will be good. We brought Markeith Morrison, who ha- had kind of a, a bad year, not playing very much or doing much mm-hmm. uh, in OKC, but he's been a, a pretty good player before. So you can just imagine having a deeper team this year, uh, yeah. And 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 that that making that bringing us to be better than we were last year, and maybe jumping ahead of some of the other teams in the East, getting excited. Maybe we can make the top five. But then the other hand is a lot of other teams got way better last year, like Miami Heat got. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler and the Nets got um, Kyrie. Kyrie, and you know they have. I don't think I'm not sure whether or not Durant's, Durant's going to come play. back. Uh, and also, the, you know, the Pacers are still probably going to be better. Enough. So it's hard to really see us jumping up ahead of like the Celtics or the 76ers or the Raptors. Um, so I don't know. I I just I can see us being better, but I kind of feel like it's going to help us remain in the eighth spot at best, which is which would still be okay, but not something to be super excited about. Yeah, the, we had our we, – we took some chances, some reasonable risks. We spent not very much money on Markeith Morris. We used, you know, just like a – I think a biannual exception or something like that, just a few million bucks. It's, it's not even guaranteed uh, for two years, I don't think. So it's like – it's a reclamation project. He, and he's a guy who's, a, you know, a career 34% three-point shooter, can play power forward and – if pressed into service or against a big small forward, he, he could play small forward probably. So he's just like a slotted in, you know, playing the the four, and Blake Griffin can play some backup center against in some lineups, that kind of thing. He's just kind of a nice fit and plays decent defense, good veteran presence, and for not very much money. And then Derek Rose, we took a flyer with a mid level exception, which is probably decent value. It, last year he was worth much more than that, but even if he really stinks. 
you know, uh, it was worth a shot because he he brings some much needed uh, shot creation. I mean, just you can't just have Blake overwhelmed, you know, trying to take every shot. He gets tired. Teams use strategies that really wait towards him. And then if you've got a bunch of Bruce Browns and Stanley Johnsons on the floor, you know, you can't do anything about it. Now, we got rid of Stanley Johnson, and that alone, I think, will uh, improve our team a lot. We were investing in seeing what we had in Stanley and trying to develop him, and we just gave up and traded him, and he was really bad. And, I, you know, I wish him the best. I hope he has a good career, uh, but he, you know, not playing him is an addition by subtraction. Yeah, and then the other guy we got in the offseason is Tony Snell, who, you know, is a efficient player and a good three-point shooter, but hardly ever – he doesn't create his own shots. He shoots open threes, and he's a guy who can help space the floor if you have other people who are willing to use to take more shots. And, and right. we also lost uh, Wayne Ellington, or, which, yeah. who was one of our more efficient players and a higher-usage player. So that's, that's, higher, sort of, yeah. that's sort of like a wash at best, a, a hopefully a wash in, in that transition. So it's like, again – you can't really get yourself super excited. Maybe the most exciting thing would to think would be to think about uh, if Griffin can remain as good as he is, and then Drummond and Kennard both take a leap this year because Kennard re- uh, was efficient, a really a remained forty percent three point shooter, just but just didn't really make the leap into being willing to to lead our offense at all. And create a bunch of shots, right? So it's uh, it's all about who's going to step up and be that second and third shot creator. Um, you know, not at an all-star level, but just at a offense doesn't grind to a halt level. And, you know, if, if, uh, Kennard running the pick and roll can just get a few more threes off or, um, Derek Rose can just have the same season he did last year, which is not out of the question. I think we have just a, a lot more of a versatile attack. As I mentioned earlier, Reggie Jackson is a nice complimentary player now where he does a lot of catch and shoot. Uh, and, and shot a, a pretty good clip from um, three-point range, I think up to 38% or 37 or something like that. And and occasionally you can give him the ball and let him try to create again, uh, j- just in certain situations, and that preserves his knees and, you know, keeps him from getting worn down, I think, not having him try to, you know, charge the... Uh, charge the other guy's defensive position all, over and over again, like Stan Van Gundy had. So we're saying a lot of ifs here, but we got we've got the talent um, to be decent, and we we had the probably the best haul of talent in our offseason that we've had probably since we signed Chauncey Billups or got Ben Wallace, in, you know, in the Grand Hill trade. Um, which is not, you know, it's not to say we had the best offseason of any team. We didn't get any all stars, but like. We, we quietly made some nice moves. We got some good risk versus return um, bets. Uh, we, we made some smart long-term moves in the draft, which we can talk about in a second. And, you know, if everybody comes back healthy, you know, I, I, I really could see us getting back to that. You know, our best season we've had recently is 44 wins earlier in the Van Gundy era, Van Gundy's second year. We could be like that or better and be fourth in the East, um, the 538.com model uh, has uh, uh, Reggie Jackson and Blake Griffin get, just getting worse for some reason, um, maybe mean reversion or taking into account that they got, they've been hurt the last couple of years and won't be as good as last year, and says that uh, Andre Drummond will somehow be worse, even though he's in a contract year and he's only 26. They have us winning 36 games. 
So we, we could be anywhere between fourth and like 11th in the East, and it wouldn't be super surprising. Well, I also think that the Stan Van Gundy, you know, 44 win season was against trash talent in the East, you know. Like the East has gotten a lot better. I can I, I do not see us being better than the Bucks, the Sixers, the Celtics, uh, even the Pacers, uh, who were really good before Oladipo yep. got hurt last year. And the Raptors are probably still better than us. Um, and then the Nets, they seem kind of more on the up and up. The, the, uh, heat, the Heat's ma- you make it around. They got Jimmy Butler, and uh, they're going to do a little less. The Magic, the Magic finished better than us last year. Uh, and and Drummond, I, th- I feel like could still we, – we always say he could make a leap. He's still remains the, the, one of the league's best rebounder, on, especially on offensive rebounding. But he, he had like a, an embarrassing uh, playoff series against – um, the Bucks, and not that not that we not that we had any hope of beating them, but it was just like it really kind of seared into our Pistons fans' senses that he can't be relied upon to play with the intensity that you would expect to be like a, a winning kind of grinded out team. Uh, I think he basically had one really bad game, and had a and had like a followed up with like an okay game, uh, and you know Blake was injured, so we were kind of screwed anyway. But it just felt like. Um, it was a really it really wasn't a good showing against one of the best teams in the league. But still, I mean, no. It, I mean, it it was bad, but it's I mean that's a it's a, it's four games. It's a small sample size. Um, he, and it, it also just shows it, it's really hard to rely on um, a traditional big man as one of your stars because with the way the game is now, the way the rules are, you know, the the three point shooting. The, the protection for perimeter players on, you know, hand-checking and uh, the three-point landing zones and stuff. Um, you can take a big man out of the game with schemes, and you kind of can't take a, a good perimeter player out of the game. Um, and so the Bucks are, you know, with, with their three-point shooting big man in Lopez, who didn't play that great, but... Um, and, and their big interior, Lopez and Antetokounmpo, are both really tall and good, like... We just couldn't make him pay, and, he got, and, and he they got were just the, probably a bad matchup. And so it, it it really it's a big year for Andre because it's a contract year, and we get to see was was it just that the Bucks were a bad matchup? Was that a fluke, or um, or is he just like Eric Bledsoe who just always sucks in the playoffs? So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We don't have many playoff games to, I mean, to check I mean, it out. Not for nothing, but after the All Star break last year in the twenty six games, Andre averaged seventeen points, seventeen rebounds. And had 120 offensive rating, um, and shot 64% from free, the free throw line. So, like, he he was like, okay, he's arrived. This is the guy we thought he could be. And he has said recently, like, he he's got to have that focus from game one. Uh, you know, I I think he's 26 years old. So, it really is possible if he's ever going to make the leap. It's this year. And, uh, you know, so that's something that we've got going for us, um, that the, there's no mathematical models that take into account. This is a scenario that's not the most likely. It's not like a guarantee that he makes a leap, but he could go from fringe all-star to all-star starter. Uh, yeah, and, and it, it is possible that, like, the Raptors could end up, like, kind of whittling away their remaining good players as the season goes on to, to make trades for the future since they lost Kawhi. Uh, and it's possible that 
you know, so, some other team's player gets injured again, like uh, if Oladipo is not the same this year or something. So for sure, I mean, I mean, let's let's just go down the list here. The Sixers, are, so the Sixers, and Celtics, and Bucks, and Bucks. I just don't see us being better than for sure. Let's leave them out. Yeah, but the the Heat. They're projected to win 44 games by 538.com. I don't, I can't remember what Vegas says, but they're, you know, they're supposed to be a solid playoff team. They got Jimmy Butler, um, who's a really, really good player, but you know, they're kind of a one trick pony there. They, you know, they've got Dragic, who's um, his contract and play will always be compared to Reggie Jackson's because they were free agents at a similar time. And a lot of Pistons fans thought we should have tried to go for him, but he's older uh, than Jackson and had a worse season last year. Um, you know, they've got Justice Winslow who looks pretty good on defense, but like still doesn't contribute much on offense. And I don't, I'm not sure who's the guy they lost. Kind of what of the- else they have. They got rid of Hassan Whiteside and they're going to start Bam Adebayo instead of center, which is probably a net plus. There's another player they lost who's, who, who always looked really, who always played really well against us. Oh yeah. The, the, to, to the Sixers. Yeah. Um, uh, Jason Richardson. No, no, Josh Richardson. Jason Richardson was the Spartan player. <laughs> Josh Richardson. Yeah, I mean, this was, that's a solid player to, to be losing. I'm sure that I'm sure the fact the model I mean, it's, into account. It's but. a it's a clear upgrade to go to Jimmy Butler, but he was you know kind of their best player who they lost for that. So like, okay, the Heat are the high water mark for us. We would have to like Blake Griffin is similarly good to Jimmy Butler, and then it's just all about the supporting cast at that point. We could be as good as them or, or better if things break right for us and wrong for them. So the, the hope going into the season is always, to me, like our ceiling would be we're good enough to be a good enough seed that we actually can be excited about the first round of the playoffs and not just right. have our – I actually have uh, – we went to the, the, the game in the playoffs and everyone got a free shirt. It's like 2018 playoffs. Yeah. You know, it's like the playoff participation T-shirt, and I, I remember I went to the thrift shop, the, the uh, Ann Arbor Salvation Army, and I saw like three of those T-shirts there. It was like <laughs> people aren't exactly wearing those with pride around the Michigan, the Detroit area. So, but, um, but as you mentioned, the Raptors are up there, you know, projected to be kind of that fourth, fifth, sixth seed area. Yeah, and you know they've got Kyle Lowry, who's a really good player, and they've got Mark Gasol, who's a really good player, and they've got Siakam, um, who's a really good player. Siakam, who could make the leap this year. But they, you could really see a scenario where they don't achieve their potential. Lowry's also like 32 or 33, and Ibaka is, is who knows how old. Gasol loses interest if they're not in the playoff hunt. And if they have a bad start, he could get grumbly, and he, he, you know, he's a little bit injury-prone at this point in his career. And um, maybe Siakam doesn't make the leap everyone hopes. He was awesome last year, but maybe it's like a Jason Tatum situation where Everyone projects, extrapolates that he's going to be awesome, a, a lock as an all-star. And then he kind of has a mess season for whatever reason. I'm not saying we can count on that or bank on it, but it's, it's entirely possible that the Raptors even it's, – it, it's possible that they sell the farm and pull the plug this year and decide to re, you know, reformulate. Yeah, I mean, so given that we, that we are – if we have, take as a given that we're sticking with Griffin, I think all the moves we made were reasonable – and I'm probably happier with what we did than having gone in to get Westbrook or Conley, where we really would have been locked in at ceiling, you know, maxing out at the third best in the East or something like that. Yes. But it, I, I still oh, feel like it would have been the perfect time to trade Blake Griffin and just, like, really think about aligning our timeline with when we cleared the books of, you know, Reggie Jackson, 
and you know Josh Smith's money and everything else. It all but, comes off the books after uh, this year. But yeah. you know I, Griffin's really good. He's a fun player to watch. It's just that he's getting a little. He starts to lumber around a little bit on defense. He uh, you know where you're looking at the stats like he mm-hmm. uh, the, the other team shot like made a lot more threes when he was on the floor. Like he, he he's kind of lazy getting out. Uh, he, he he conserves his energy to to be really good on, on offense. Yes. And for that reason, we weren't actually any better or hardly any better. When we lost, we basically traded Tobias for him. Um, right. I mean, he's a better player than Tobias, but um, our half court offense is worse with him on the floor, primarily because he just doesn't get out on three point shooters, and they take and make a lot more half, point, half court defenses instead of offense. Oh yeah, I'm in half court defense. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, we're much better on offense with him. So it's um, you know, Blake's the man for us right now. Yeah, it, it was the right time to sell high on him. And we might still, during this season, you can imagine a scenario where we're getting towards the trade deadline or the all-star break or something, and we're really disappointing. You know, um, somebody's, you know, uh, somebody other than Blake has missed a bunch of the year with, with injury, and we're just clearly not going to make the playoffs, or we would have to make a big run to get the eighth seed. You could see us... Um, you could see like Orlando or Boston just, you know, willing to throw some assets at us to, yeah. to get Blake Griffin. Yeah. Just something like a um, Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown and a draft pick or something, you know, kind of for like Blake and like Links and Galloway or something. Um, you know, I, I always disclaim I'm terrible at making up fake trades, but something like that could set us up for the future a little better and um, get Blake into the, into a, more of a contending team. Um, but I just wanted to just mention the Nets, Pacers and Magic and Bulls are like ahead of us in the 538 projection model. Mm-hmm. But like, come on, we're right there with them. Kyrie is really good, better than Blake when they're both healthy. But injury prone and uh, a locker room, a suspect locker room influence. And everyone is really counting on like Karis Levert coming back and uh, cashing in on those flashes he showed. But he wasn't like a consistent all year guy last year you never you know a lot of the good players were guards last year there's no guarantee the nets are going to be awesome this year the you know the pacers are counting on oladipo coming back and rekindling the magic uh, he had before his injury they're starting two centers in the front court sabonis and miles turner and that might not work um they got they got rid of bogdanovich and they're getting tj warren that might not work so there's all these teams that have a similar amount of what ifs and if things break well or whatever. We can we can be anywhere from the fourth to the eleventh seed, um, and it's just kind of a dice roll at what breaks right and what, what breaks wrong. And and I, I I love that we didn't break the cardinal rule of like trading future assets, um, trading future draft picks uh, before you're ready to like contend. We, yeah, and, and I and I think that. There was a there was some buzz there for a while before Westbrook ended up getting traded to the Rockets that the Pistons would go for him. Yep. And you know, like throw in three. Probably, what, what did the Rockets get? Like four first round picks or something like that. Something ridiculous. Like it was a. Yeah. Ridiculous. So I mean, if the Pistons had done like had cleared the decks of our first round picks to get Westbrook, and then like Blake got injured this year and we sucked anyway and finished like with the, in the eighth seed with Westbrook, yep. that would have been complete misery. And Westbrook's contract's worse than Blake's. It's like. He relies even more on athleticism, and it's longer, and it's more money. Yeah, and you know, so maybe if we had gotten it, we'd be like, okay, fine, I'm going to go to the first couple of games in the season, and, and it'll be fun to see Russell Westbrook playing 
in Little Caesars Arena a lot, but still. I mean, if if we if we traded for Westbrook and we have Westbrook and Griffin, and they both get hurt with their contracts, like there's a scenario where Detroit loses the franchise and like it moves, <laughs> like it would be, be horrible. Um, and then you know it's like the Thunder's trying to think about trying to trade Chris Paul, but Chris Paul and Blake don't get along, and so there's no <laughs> there's no hope or concern about doing that. Um, I you know, and and in the meantime. We're gonna. We can just wait this out. Um, again, we have a, we have some contracts coming off the books. There, I mean, the risk is we can't really unload. There, there, there will turn a point where we can't really unload Griffin without giving up assets. To... That's right. But we can. We'll have some cap room, especially if we decide to move on from Andre. And you know, Griffin's contract isn't forever. It's, it's a couple more years. And in the meantime, we've got we've got Kennard, We've got Bruce Brown. We've, we drafted uh, Seku. Dumbuya, who is really raw, really young. He's one of these guys who could end up being a Pascal Siakam or a Giannis, or he could end up being like um, people my age will remember, like Miles Turner from the early 2000s and stuff, just like a really tall, athletic, small forward who may or may not end up putting it together. And, or not Miles Turner, Miles... Um, Darius Miles. I had Miles on Miles Turner on the brain. Darius Miles, who came out of high school and never really did anything. So you never know, but it's exactly the type of pick we want to take with where we were drafting. Yeah. And I would, I would contrast that with like yeah. getting like Henry Ellington a couple of years ago with the Ellenson, yeah. Ellenson, sorry. Uh, where he he was sort of more of a, a proven you know, 17th pick or something versus this is more like longer term future, really athletic. Uh, Overseas player, you know, played professionally in France, but you know, yeah, he, he, that's I'm mildly excited about that. Yeah, he's 19, and he's not going to um, he's not going to help us this year. Well, you know, one scouting report we got from friend of the podcast Charles uh, from Summer League is uh, he can finish around the rim, and he looks like you know he he can uh, he's got some athletic potential, really good in transition, but doesn't look like he knows how to play team defense at all. Like even just as simple as like matching up in transition on defense. Properly, so you know he's got to be coached up. He's going to play in the G League a lot this year. Maybe Dwayne Casey can work his magic. Young players can learn a lot really quickly. Um, we got—he's certainly not. We can't expect him at all to contribute to us being good this year. But if he shows flashes, you know he could give us something to hope for, and it plants that seed for like the post Blake Griffin era of like by the time he's reaching his prime, Blake will be long gone from us probably, and his contract will be over and. If we miss the playoffs this year, the the fact that the lottery is stacked so that teams that barely miss the playoffs have a little bit better chance of going to the top, um, you know, just keep grinding through and trying to make good moves and good picks. And we didn't mortgage the future uh, this offseason, and we took reasonable risks. I mean, hey, the thing, I'm saying it again like I say every year at this time. Looks like we're slated to be a mediocre team. If things break right, we could we could be real, pretty good and worth watching but not contenders, but we could win a playoff series. And if things break wrong, then we all just hang our heads in shame and miss the playoffs, get a good draft pick and roll the dice again for next year. Yeah. And so we, and we had our first round pick again this year. Yeah. We have so, all our picks going forward. And, and the price, so the, so the, the price that we had paid for Blake has sort of been paid and, and washed through. Yeah. And, and if we can continue to not get impatient and not make mistakes, and be a, t- a franchise that like kind of has their assets and is like 
in the top half of their conference uh, and get a little bit lucky to make them, you know, to, to basically be a good enough team that someone is interested enough to, to be willing to join you. That, that's that's kind of where you want to hang out. Yeah. Uh, or you or you can tank and uh, um, you know hope to get some superstars. But you know, I think the Raptors showed uh, that kind of being competent for a long time can eventually work out. Although it was kind of a crazy rental to get Kawhi for a year and it, have thrilling with their, their thrilling playoff run. But still, I mean, it was, I, I think that, um, we, we've talked about this a lot. Do you just, there's plenty of teams that have tried to tank that have been way more, way more miserable than we've been, uh, in, in, you know, like thinking like Phoenix or even Orlando, yep. uh, who have been wor- like had, uh, worse than us in the past few years and haven't really made much of their better draft picks. Um, yeah, their best players, Vucevic, who they traded for from the Sixers, like they didn't they didn't draft any. You know, Mo Bamba, jury's still out on him uh, and all that. Uh, Aaron Gordon, um, you know, he he was their high profile guy, and he looks like a competent guy, but not a not a star. Um, yeah, it, it it'll be interesting to to see you know where we go. Uh, I guess another under the radar move. You know, we so we traded John Luer for Tony Snell. Because Snell is paid this year and next year, and he's paid, frankly, about what Ellington and um, Reggie Bullock are being paid, both by the by the Knicks. I guess the Knicks decided, "Damn it, we're getting some guys who can shoot threes and not do much else." And so, you know, we're getting a guy who can shoot threes and not much else, who has a little lower usage, and we got a first round pick out of it, which we parlayed into a bunch of current and future second rounders, and we got a, a young prospect. From uh, Lithuania, Davidas Servidas. Again, one of those guys you take a flyer on. Really tall, coordinated, good passing, good shooting, big guy who's 19. He's probably going to stay overseas this year. Um, you know, again, just putting more irons in the fire and exposing yourself to upside gain. Um, we got those second round picks. Uh, I think we drafted uh, Jordan Bone, a, a point guard who's one of the most athletic guys in the draft but may not be that good. We'll see what he does in the G League this year. Um, just just keep keep your eye on the on the, the long term. Be as good as you can in the present without making major commitments. I like I like what we've done given the position we're in, given the hand we were dealt. And and, and to round things out, we have uh, is this Fee Mikhailu? Yeah, Svi Mikhailuk. Mikhailuk, um, who we got from the Lakers last year as part of the trade. Reggie Bullock, yeah, you know, and he's he's a skilled offensive player. He might end up being, uh, you know, making the rotation. And uh, we have, and and then our other second round pick from last year that we had actually traded, Kyrie Thomas. Kyrie Thomas, he, you know, can he can he crack the rotation? He made threes in summer league. So I mean, again, there's a there's sort of a depth to our roster that has some things to 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 kind of watch for. Um, So anyway, I'm excited. Uh, as my, my my birthday present from my parents uh, this year was the the NBA league pass, so I, I think I've I graduated to an overall NBA fan, and I will be watching a lot of NBA games. But I will continue to watch a lot of Pistons games, and uh, maybe we can actually do more than uh, four podcasts this season. Well, uh, here's hoping. <laughs> yeah, the last time we could we could we could have brought ourselves to do a podcast last year was uh, in February. So if you're if you're a huge diehard. Rosane Pistons podcast fan. We will try to uh, be there for you this year. 